Amen. Were you blessed? Oh, she messed up my eye with that dance, that breaking of yokes and setting me free. Oh, hallelujah, shall we pray? In the name of Jesus, Father, we just bless you. What an awesome Abba Father you are, that you already started pouring your blessings upon us. <sighs> Father, you're a good God. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our Father. And we thank you for what you've purposed for each and every one of us here today and those of them worshiping online. Father, we shall never remain the same. So I yield my mouth and my tongue and my lips to you. I say, Lord, use it for your glory. <sighs> and let our joy be full. In Jesus' awesome name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Let me just, today is Dance and Drama Sunday. It's all about joy, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about gratitude for all that God has done for us. So let's just jump up on our knees. Just get up and begin to praise God. This is the day of joy. The day of joy. The day of joy. This is the day of joy. The day of joy. The day of glory. Hallelujah. This is the day of joy. The day of joy, the day of joy. This is the day of joy, the day of joy, the day of glory. Hallelujah! This is your miracle day, your miracle day, your miracle day. This is your miracle day. Your miracle day, your miracle day. Hallelujah. Who says amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. So our topic for today is serve the Lord with gladness. From Psalms 100 verse 2. He says serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we'll be looking at that Psalm 100, verses 1 to 5. We're just going to do verses 1 to 5. Praise God. So the first verse, when you look at it, it says, Lift up a great shout of joy. I'm doing from TPT. To Yahweh. Go ahead and do it. Everyone. Everywhere. Amen. Lift up. What is lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh? Lift it up to who? To Yahweh. You're not lifting that voice up to me. So when the ushers say, Will you please sing, please dance? You're doing it unto who? The Lord. Say, so We should lift up that voice, that shout of what joy unto Yahweh, unto God. He says, Go ahead, go ahead and do it. Everyone, every single one of you, everywhere, praise God. So I was saying, what is a joyful noise? A joyful noise is not merely noise for its own sake. Our world is filled with noise, much of it harmful or distracting. 
But then a joyful noise is a bold declaration, a bold declaration of God's glorious name and nature with shouts, with clapping, other outward expressions of praise. The Lord wants us to do what? It is a command. The first thing you see that it is a command, make a joyful noise. It is not an option. You say, okay, you know, if you want, you can clap, you can sing, you can, no. He gave us a command. He says, you should do what? Make a joyful noise. It's an injunction. The Lord said to make a joyful noise. He has commanded us. So whenever you come into the sanctuary, remember, you're not just there to, he says, make a joyful noise in the sanctuary. Praise God. Different verses and different translations, they call it different things. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. TPT, the one says, may lift up a great shot of joy. And the message says, get on your feet now. Applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Praise God. Amplified says, shout joyfully. But look at the key thing is to the Lord, all the earth. And then the one we use says, shout triumphantly. Like somebody who just came back, victorious over war, a war or something. Says, shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. And so I looked at this um, verse one. I didn't know how to go about it. And then I, I remember, and I said, Lord, I, I don't even know how to go about this verse one. Why, why do I want to go verse by verse? Let me just do my thing the way I want to. I, I said it, but in, in my heart, I know I wanted God to actually teach me. And then suddenly it came on me. God wants you to celebrate him. And then he wants it to be a shout of joy. He wants it to be loud, definitely loud. He wants it to be heard from a distance. God wants us to talk about him all through. God wants you to testify of him wherever you are. You know that is just boom. The Lord took me back to Deuteronomy. What he said to the children of Israel. He said in Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9, MSG says, Write these commandments that I have given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. And then get them inside of your children. He said, talk about them wherever you are. Sitting in the home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your homes and on your city gates. That thing just means, I said, wow. That's exactly what God wants us to do here. Our life should be one of continual joyful praise and thanksgiving. That's, and he has a reason for it. Joy is common in all those translations. One thing is common, joy and gladness. And he says, no exception, whether you're old, young, baby, wherever you are. And no place is except no matter where you are. He says, everyone, everywhere. God has given a command. Praise the Lord. Let us look at Psalm 150, verse 6, AMPC. It says, let everything that has breath and every breath of life 
praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is this in the same Psalm 150 verses? Brings out what God is asking us to do in Psalms. Let everyone, TPT says, let everyone everywhere join in the crescendo of ecstatic praise to Yahweh. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I'm like, okay, which one is crescendo? So he said, it means the loudest point reached in a gradually increasing sound. That is why God wants you to just not be shy about him. When you talk about God, when you come into the sanctuary and say, stand up, sing, praise, in your own homes, during your own devotion time, your family devotion, God wants you to be loud, to declare his name with boldness wherever you are, proud of whom he is. Praise the Lord. I said, what is ecstatic? He says, it's a feeling of expressing overwhelming happiness or joyful excitement. That is what God wants from you. Let everyone, everywhere join in the crescendo of ecstatic praise. I pray the Lord that today you get revelation, catch a glimpse of what God is talking about. How is your praise life? How is your worship of God? God doesn't want you to be shy or timid. He wants you to be bold and loud for him wherever you are in the sanctuary, in your house, wherever you are. God wants you to do what? Testify, talk about him day in and day out. This is new to me too. Praise the Lord. Psalm 113 says, verse 3, from the rising of the sun. Remember it says all the day. It was telling them in Deuteronomy. It says day and night, from morning to night. Here we see it again. It says from the rising of the sun to the going down of it. And from east to west, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Amen. So it's a continual thing. Thanking him, praising his name. I remember the first thing my husband commented when, he, when I came, when I joined him here, our second missionary journey. He found out that I changed. He said, ah, everything you do, thank you, Jesus. Everything, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That was the first thing he noticed. That is what God wants. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever, thank you, Jesus. It's an awesome thing he has done for you. You have them. The, the dance ministry, the drama. Did you see the dance? When they're doing breaking the shackles, setting us free, you don't know what it means, we'll get there. Praise the Lord. So we must learn to obey and celebrate our Abba Father. We must lift up a great shout of joy to him wherever we are. Every single one of us. We need to get up on our feet sometimes and applaud God wherever we are. Bring a gift of laughter to him. I don't know. How are your lips? Are they filled with perpetual praise to God? David is one man that knows the, the, the value of praising God. David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you glad coming in here today? Knowing that you are coming before the Lord, your God, your creator, the all-sufficient God, the El Shaddai, before whom you have a lot of pleasure, joy forevermore. You know you're coming down to lay your body down at his feet and you're going back with what? Solutions to those problems. That is why he said you should do this. God knows who he is. Nothing is impossible with God. With him, all things are possible with God. Praise the Lord. And that is why he wants you to make a joyful noise. 
He knows what he can do, but you don't know it. That's why some of us wear long faces. He doesn't want you to come before him with a long face. Like on your face, you have this placard that is saying, okay, there's no food like we saw here, there's no money, there's no, and you're going like that, like morose. God doesn't want that. He wants you to come joyfully, make a joyful noise. Amen. So you begin to wonder why are some people unwilling and reluctant here, the ushers are asking you to dance, to glorify God. Okay, get up. When Jessica was saying this morning, get up, rise on your feet. Some of us were reluctantly just dragging. Why is it like that? Is it because of man, what people will say, you're dancing? I remember some friends came, you know, to a church, my husband's friends then. Then came, they said, oh, you see that people, that's your church people. What are they doing? This were praying, basting. In the presence of God. You know what this man says? That's an organized madness. Oh my God. <laughs> People say things that might result in something serious, damage to their lives. When we're standing in the presence of the Lord, we're supposed to let go. We're supposed to let go of whatever it is that is the problem. We're supposed to dance. We're supposed to celebrate him. Not to stand motionless. Not to just stand there as if, you're, as if you're transfixed. And somebody has to push you, whine you, before you can praise the Lord. God says all over, wherever you are, make a joyful noise. Praise the Lord. Don't focus on your problems. Don't focus on whatever is going on in your life. Focus on him who is able to do all things. He said to Moses, he says, I'm the God of the spirit of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me to do? He said to Abraham, is my power now limited? I must have mixed something up, but to one of them he said, is my power now limited? And to the other he said, I'm the God before whom all things are possible. Amen. So when you come into the sanctuary, walk in majestically, boldly, full of joy, for you know that your God will meet you at the point of your needs. That is who he is. Praise the Lord. God wants us to find such joy and excitement. And he wants it to overflow. Let us look at Ephesians 5, 18 to 19. He says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your hearts to the Lord at all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God your Father. Amen. Hmm. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled, when the Spirit of Holy Spirit dominates your life, singing to God, making melody in your heart, praising Him will not be an issue. That is why you need to be filled every day. Get filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be what God wants you to be and you can do what God wants you to do and you watch your life transforming. Praise the Lord. You know, when I remember that song, we say, fill with the Holy Spirit. Remember the song? Satan, come on for road, 
I drink Holy Ghost. I no get break you. I drink Holy Ghost. That is what it should be. You are full of joy. I don't know how, but Satan come out for rule. He says, I drink Holy Ghost. I no get break you. That is what it's supposed to be. I drink Holy Ghost. Drink it. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with overflowing. So that your life will be one of what joyous praise and thanksgiving unto God, your Father, your Creator, your Maker, the answer to your every problem. Amen. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, like I said, singing becomes nothing. Again, it, you know, it's no longer an issue. People will know that you're home because you're singing in the kitchen, because you're singing when you're doing your laundry, because you're praising him. People will always know when you're around because you'll shout, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We had a lady like that in the staff room back home. Once she comes in, that, that, that's it. It's all Jesus. And then somebody said one day, one of those ladies, and she wasn't a Christian, she said, what is it with you every time? Jesus, Jesus, what is it? She started singing. To her. She said, how sweet thy name of Jesus sounding as believers. Yeah, we said clapping. That is what it is. The name of Jesus was sounding good to us, sweet. But to her, it wasn't. So your life is supposed to be like that. Wherever you are, people will know that you're a Jesus person. You're a Jesus man. You're a Jesus wife. You're a Jesus husband. You're a Jesus daughter. You're a Jesus person. Amen. Because your mouth is filled with what? Declaring the goodness of God 24-7. Amen. And then even in your, um, when you do your family devotion, some of us can't even sing. You need to sing unto your maker. He who has a solution to that problem, who is quick to give you an answer to that question, he who, it, you know, whose heart it pleases to do what? To bless you every second. Don't worry, just sing unto him. You know, my granddaughter, she starts singing. She will go up and down. She's very little. And I, I enjoy every second of it. Oh, I enjoy it. Even when my husband had his birthday on that Zoom, my grandson was trying to play some piano. Somebody was say piano. Somebody said, oh, what is Nathan doing? I said, oh, God, leave him alone. He's awesome. That is how you are to God. Even when your voice, you think it's awful, it sounds melodious in his ears. Amen. Go for it. Sing unto your father. Amen. He wants to hear you. And those bodies become light. Amen. And so some people say they are passing through stuff. How can they do that when they are passing through stuff? Look at this pandemic, the, all those negative things, all those stressful things they went through, all the, all the conditions they are right now. They are thinking, but remember, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances. Some people don't have a job till now. They don't know where the next meal will come from. But God said, be what? Thankful in that circumstance. He has a plan. If you will just do what is the needful, what he asks you to do, don't worry. He will do his own. Praise the Lord. He will definitely fulfill his own end of the bargain. He said in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. TPT says, Let joy be your continual feast. Eat it like a meal. Feast on it. Make your life a prayer 
And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, you know, whether we believe it or not, just like God has said to give thanks in everything, he also says make a joyful noise. It is not an option. It is not an option. It's a command. Amen. Paul says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. In addition, God cannot ask you to do something that you cannot ordinarily do, ordinarily do without him doing what's equipping you for it. Amen. Let's look at uh, Philippians 4, 4 to 7. MSG says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Hmm. And to revel, I begin to, ah, revel, is it a good word? But it means when it comes to God, revel, enjoy yourself in a lively and noisy way. Celebrate him. That's what the dictionary to say. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you are on the side Walking with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. Now, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Petitions and praises shape your worry into prayers. Letting God know your concern. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Instead of worry, Christ it out. Amen. Christ it out. Yeah. Sandwich your prayer. What is it saying here? You bring your praises, you make your supplication, your petitions, you end it again with praising God, with giving thanksgiving, with worshiping him. Sandwich with what? Your praise, your thanksgiving, your worship, your praises. Make your petition in between. Make a sandwich, an awesome sandwich. That's the kind of sandwich that God wants. Praise the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then what caught my eye, he says, rejoice, that is in verse 7. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Hmm. And I said, wondering, that's a repeat. For the Spirit of God through Paul to repeat this thing. Again, I say rejoice. It's for a purpose. He repeated it. He made that warning. He said, again, I say rejoice. Rejoicing in the midst of that situation. He doesn't want you to fret about it. But instead, with a gladsome heart, you do what? Make a sandwich. Praise God. And you know what happens? Hypertension goes off. Hypertension goes off. Fretting is to be constantly or visibly. It means to be constantly, you know, when you fret, it means you're constantly being worried or anxious. But God says to not be anxious. Amen. In everything with prayer and supplication, you make your request known to him. Sandwich that problem. Amen. And God will make a way for you. He will make a way. Believe me. I don't know what that situation is. I don't know what the problem is. 
But I'll ask you the question that God has put to Abraham. Is his power, is it now limited? Is not God able to do that thing that is bothering us? I don't know what your situation is. Sarah couldn't have a child. At the age of what? Hundred, God came through. Yes, that's why he asked, he asked Abraham. He asked me, he said, is anything, I'm the God of the spirit of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me to do? And I'm challenging you today. What is that situation? Joblessness. Child. Husband. That child, rebellious children. Marital problem. Financial problem. God is asking you the same thing. Is the power of God now limited? That you're going to wear a long face? You're going to walk into the sanctuary before him? Who is able to do all things with a long face? He will make a way. God will make a way for you where there seems to be no way. He's still the same God that makes rivers in the deserts. The God that makes pathways in the wilderness. He will make a way for you, child of God. Forget that situation. Focus on what he said. Is his power now limited? He is still the God of the spirit of all flesh. Is anything that your situation too hard for him to do? So today as you live here, know it. God is in it with you. He will walk together with you. He will walk alongside you in that water. He will bring you out of it. You will not be drowned. He will walk along with you in that fire. You will come out without even a scent of fire or smoke on you. This is the God you serve. So rejoice in the Lord. He says, always be joyful. Amen. He has the answer. So we need to fill our mouth with praise and thanksgiving. No matter what the situation, no matter what the challenge is. You have the, the, the king's daughters today. When the chain, praising God, that the chains have been broken, they are free. You are free. We will come to that. If we don't finish today, we will carry it over. Amen. I will take my time to make sure that you get the gist. Amen. Galatians 5. You see, when God asks you to do something, he equips you. He doesn't ask you to do something that you cannot do ordinarily. He is your God. I know my little granddaughter is able to do my grandson. I don't make them carry a bag of whatever it is that they cannot carry. I know there are limits. Same with you, God knows. And then he equips you. If he's going to do anything, if he expects you to do something, he knows you can't do ordinarily. He makes a way. Listen to this, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. I was excited when I read the TPT. It says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. Divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails, gentleness of hearts, and strength of spirits. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. You see? This is the joy he's asking you to exhibit, to express. 
And you're saying, how can I do it? You already made it possible. That joy you should have brought in your heart is a fruit. It's one of the elements of that fruit of the Holy Spirit that was bettered by love. The God's kind of love that we now have, the agape, God's kind of love, is the one that bettered all these virtues. I like the way he puts it here. He says, the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. You have that love, the agape love, expressing itself as joy that overflows in your heart, in your spirit. Amen. You have that joy. The joy is there. He already shed it abroad in our hearts. If then we are children of God filled with the Holy Spirit, joyful singing again is not an issue. Praise the Lord. I pray that the fruit of the Spirit, this joy that is expressed in joy, will dominate our lives, each of us. So much so that we cannot even contain it. And he says it's joy that overflows. You have it. It's overflowing. What do you choose to do? Do you choose to let it be there or just express it? You have to be intentional about this. Bring it out. It's already in there. That joy that overflows. Overflowing, it needs, to, it needs to come out. Praise the Lord. Let that joy speak wherever you go. Amen. People will know that a child of God is here. Something is different. Amen. And some people are asking, why are you? There were, I remember somebody saying, why do people always make so much noise? You call yourself Jesus Pentecostal people. Why do you make so much noise? Why is there so much chaos in your midst? And you say you're worshiping God. And the one that called it organized madness. You know, I told that guy like I knew. I said, no, it's the joy of the Lord. Amen. So when they ask you questions, I was listening to somebody in TV, one of those preachers who was saying somebody was criticizing them. And I said, I was there shouting, tell them it is the joy of the Lord. And exactly that's what he said. We were commanded. It's the joy of the Lord. We need to express it. Amen. I remember the kids, you know, their song, my grandchildren. I, I was going to use it, but then uh, we'll get into trouble. It's on YouTube. So <laughs> I'll just sing the first part. It says, um, I, I know we have children's teachers. Pastor Kemi is here. Junior is there. He sing, um, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for the things I have and thank yous never end. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? And then the kids will begin to answer. I'm thankful for my teacher. I'm thankful for my mom, for my this one. I know what are you thankful for? I'm asking you, God has made everything possible. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He gave us everything and added Jara, his son. The most precious thing he possessed, he gave us his son. And what will God not add to that? If it has already cost him the life of his son, what is it that God cannot provide for you that will make us go looking solemn? Looking depressed, looking like more like looking morose. You have God. Your God is able. Praise the Lord. Your God is able. Amen. 
Let us look at that verse too. It says, come before his presence with singing. Another translation says, shouts of joy. So when you come before the presence of the Lord, he wants the way he wants you to come in. He doesn't want you to come in like I said. What he doesn't want is for you coming in like that. He just wants you to come before his presence every day in a particular way. And then I started thinking, you know, when we come to the presence of kings, we needed to then to know how we carry comported ourselves. You don't just walk in before kings then, you know, looking sad or something. It was an offense then. And God's own will not be different. Our heavenly father. So when you go to Britain, how do you go before the queen? They have their own protocols. How to come before the queen. You don't just go there and say, hi, Elizabeth. You know, Americans are hi. No, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. You don't say, hi, and then you're bringing out your hand. No. She has to offer you the hand before you can touch that hand. And you say, her majesty. Then subsequent usages, you can now say, ma'am. But you don't say, hi. No. How much more, God? How you approach God matters. The way we approach our Abba Father, it matters a lot. Praise the Lord. Even the president, this, you know, where you don't have a monarchy, where we have, like here we have a president, what do you do? You don't just go before him, hey, Mr. Biden. No. You can't get close. They have protocol, right? The same thing with God. Amen. So let's look at how God saw it. See Malachi. We're talking about how how we deal with God, the things we do with him, how we present ourselves before him. Malachi 1, 6 to 8. He says, isn't it true that a son honors his father and a worker his master? So if I'm your father, where is the honor? And if I'm your master, where is the respect? God of the angel armies is calling you on the carpets. You priests despise me. You say, not so. How do we despise you? Then God says, by your shoddy, sloppy, defiling worship. Your shoddy, sloppy. May God forbid that you say that of us. Amen. And then he says, and you ask, what do you mean, defiling? What's defiling about it? And I'm asking you, how is your worship? Is it sloppy? Is it shoddy? God says you're defiling him. You're despising him. How do you offer whatever it is you offer to God? Your time, your gifts, your talents, your, every, your substance, yourself, that living sacrifice that he wants. God wants us to bring a gift when we come. You can't go before a king with an empty hand. Same with God. But again, our own, it's a different kind of gift. We get to that. So they now ask God, they said, what do you mean? What do you mean by defiling worship? Then God now answers verse 7. Verse 7 says, when you say the altar of God is not important anymore, worship of God is no longer a priority, that's defiling. And when you offer worthless animals for sacrifice in worship, animals you're trying to get rid of, blind and sick and crippled animals, isn't that defiling? Try a treat like that with your banker or your senator, your governor. I put that. How far do you think it will get you? Because that's King James translation, your governor. 
to God of the angel armies as you. We must be mindful of the things we give to God. We must be very, very mindful. Your worship, your service, your talent, your skills, your abilities, whatever you're giving to God, even your thanks, your, your thanks and offerings, we should be mindful. He said you're giving him a rejected, what you rejected, a leftover. Yeah, when you begin to go through your wallet, you're trying to get something to give to God. You see all those $20 bills, $50, you're putting them aside. Once you get to the $1, you bring it out. And you, is that how to give to God? Who gave you in the first place? He said that you're giving him rejected items, rejected worship. Because you worship God with your gifts, your talents, your money, everything. He said it's a rejected thing that you're giving to him. May this not be your portion. Amen? God is not a beggar. He said, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. Say, the cattle of a thousand hills, they belong to me. God does not need our leftovers and our rejects. We need to come before him with songs, with joy, with respect, knowing that he is God. God deserves our profound respect as well as our love and devotion. Amen? He has not changed. He's still the same God. Let us look at Hebrews 13 and see the kind of thing that God demands of us. Our own situation now. We're no longer in Old Testament time. This is a new covenant. We are the new covenant people. Hebrews 13, 15 to 16, it says, So through Jesus, we should never stop offering our sacrifice to God. That sacrifice is our praise coming from lips that speak his name. And don't forget to do good and to share what you have with others. Because sacrifices like these, they are very pleasing to God. Again, I'm going to read TPT. Pardon, pardon me, just bear with me. When I bring out these translations, it kind of, you know, brings it out the more, you know, to you, the meaning. Amen. So when I read the TPT, it says, So we no longer offer up a steady stream of blood sacrifices like the Old Testament people. But through Jesus, we offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. These are the lambs. You know those lambs they offer? Your praise sacrifice, sacrifice of praise. These are the lambs we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. We will show mercy to the poor and not miss an opportunity to do acts of kindness for others. Now, listen, it says, for these are the true sacrifices that delight God's heart, showing mercy to your brethren, people who need help, showing mercy to people who are outside at your workplace, your neighborhood, your family. You're offering God that sacrifice that pleases his heart. It's not just we bring a sacrifice of praise. You have other aspects of it. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the MSG. It says, let's take our place outside with Jesus, no longer pouring out the, sacrifice, that, the sacrificial blood of animals, but pouring out sacrificial praises from our lips to God in Jesus' name. That is one. Praise the Lord. He says, make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack in working for the common good. Share what you have with others. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice. That is what it is. 
that takes place in kitchen and workplace and on the street. These are the places you offer your sacrifice of praise to. Praise the Lord. That is what the Bible is telling you today. It says be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Oops. I added, I saw that one. I said, okay, I'm not going to skip it. <laughs> Amen. Our senior pastor is here. So you know what you're doing. He says be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and walk under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Why would God bring this under his offering of you know, sacrifice of praise? The way you treat your pastors. You better go make peace with a senior pastor. What have you been doing? Praise the Lord. Have you been offering to God a sacrifice of praise the way you're making, trying to make his work easier and the works of other pastors? Praise the Lord. So we talked about tithes and offering too. How did Nehemiah go before, before God? Let's get Nehemiah 2, 1 to 3. It says, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Ataxis, Ataxis, okay, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad before. I had not been sad before in his presence. So the king said to me, why do you look sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of the heart. Then I was very afraid. The only thing that can make you come like that before a king then was if you were sick. He became afraid and rightly so. So when you come before God, in his presence, you want to, as you serve the Lord as an usher, as a dance and drama ministry person, uh, as a um, hospital visitation team, prisons ministry team, um, um, <laughs> all the ministries in the church, family forum, um, evangelism, every ministry. As you serve God in this capacity, as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as a father, as an aunt, an uncle, a child of a child, how do you serve God? Praise the Lord. How do you serve him? It's a question I'm asking you. We'll still get to that. How do you serve him as a wife, as a husband, as a parent, as a member of the drama team, the dance team, all the ministries you belong to, as a director, as a principal, whatever you are, how do you serve God? He doesn't want a sloppy worship. Your service is your worship. Amen. He doesn't want that. Remember Queen Esther? The story of Queen Esther. Let me look at it. Remember that story? One Night with the King? We had a uh, movie, One Night with the King. It's a Christian movie. Everybody, I thought everybody watched it. Esther said in the um, book of Esther 4.11, said, all the king's officials were even the people in the province, even the people in the province, know that anybody who appears before the king 
in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called me for me to come to him for 30 days. So Esther called a fast for all her countrymen. At that point, she made her declaration, if I perish, I perish. But things are different for us today. We have access to his presence. We are highly favored. We have access, direct access. Why? Because of the blood. Because of the blood. Because of the blood. Those kids, the, 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 the king's daughters, they were dealing with it. Those chains were broken. They were made free. You can come before him now. No longer bringing those blood lamb sacrifices. No. Because the blood has been shed and the door is open. Amen. The blood of Jesus has earned us this divine favor. Jesus' sacrifice paid the debt for our sin. And he made it possible for us to have eternal life. But he said, do not take it for granted. So uh, we're not just getting into, into the topic proper. Amen. So Ephesians 2, 11 to 13 says, but don't take it but don't take any of this for granted that you can appear before him. Don't take it for granted. It was only yesterday that you outsiders to God's ways had no idea of any of this. Didn't know the first thing about the way God works. Having the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing of that rich history of God's covenants and promises in, in, in Israel. Hadn't a clue about what God was doing in the world at large. Now, everybody say now, now. That was why, you know, she brought tears to my eyes. What he did for us, that salvation thing. Oh God. Now, because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. Amen. Because of Jesus' sacrifice. We have favor in the king's eyes. We can come before God at any time with the assurance that he will accept us and give us an audience. We have that assurance. We don't have to worry about bringing any good enough sacrifice. You're good enough. When he sees you, he sees what? Christ in you. Amen. His blood, so precious, opened the very door, the very way into the holy place. Amen. Oh, Jesus. I'll just read this one. We'll continue on Sunday. I'll quickly read Hebrews and then we'll take a song. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. In as much as, in as much then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. If we do not have the uh, high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and inability to, uh, to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. He says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor, to all sinners that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need in good time. God is never late. Appropriate help and well-timed help. 
coming just when we need it. He wants us to hold fast. I will continue from here. Praise the Lord. I want us to take a song. I don't know what your problem is, but you have it all. You have the awesome God. You have Jesus who has paved that way for you. And God, the all-sufficient God, who is able to meet you at every point of that need. He makes ways where there are no ways. He makes pathways in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. He will make one for you. Amen? Okay. <laughs>